and welcome to Let's Talk Autism podcast. I am Michelle Davey and this is my co-host. Hi everyone, it is me, Christelle. Hello Christelle, how are you? Hi, I'm good, I'm very good. How are you Michelle, my co-host? Good, good. I'm looking at sunny weather, Christelle, for the next week or so. I know. Oh, but you're really excited about that, aren't you? I'm so excited. You know what? Social media does make me laugh. I, I went on um, Instagram the other day and someone said, I'm sorry, but is this supposed to be May? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the weather has literally been so miserable. I was thinking, is this the wettest May we've ever had like coldest day in history cold. sorry everyone just introducing you um if you're if you just started listening to the podcast we like to talk about the weather <laughs> <laughs> this is who we are this is who we've become we give weather opinions on this podcast <laughs> yeah well do you know have you ever heard like a lot of people talk about that the full moon makes people go like a little bit like crazy or like that people's moods act up in a full moon and that things just go crazy in people's houses but i haven't actually noticed that in my house i do sometimes yeah. have you ever heard that only in films mitch I have quite a few people say that the full moon affects their mood and that they can get really grumpy in a full moon. Um, right, like, by just looking at it, looking at the sky, looking this big ball of light and saying, oh, I'm angry now. Or a werewolf. Oh! <laughs> yeah. I just feel like howling at the moon today. <laughs> I did that every night. Yeah, well, I'm excited about today because one of the main and most popular episodes always is our episodes with PDA, about PDA. Yes, yes. We've done PDA a few times now. Yes, yes. Yeah. So we've spoke to a few parents whose children um, have a PDA, so pathological demand avoidance profile. So really, really interested because obviously we are doing, we are trying to have more members of the autistic community on, speaking to more actually autistic people. We had Dan on last week who yes. has ADHD. Fantastic. Our dancer friend. Yeah. And then this week we've got Rosie. Rosie's coming on and Rosie is an autistic mum and yes. her and her daughter are both diagnosed and she also has a PDA profile. So this is going to be super, super interesting. This is going to be interesting, Michelle, because, yes, as you said, we've spoken to parents of children who have PDA. So I'm very interested to see how this affects a woman in her adulthood. So, yeah. 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 Can't wait, Christelle. Let's just get on with it, shall we? Michelle, let's go. <laughs> Welcome in on to the Let's Talk Autism podcast this week. We have got Rosie. Hello, Rosie. Hi, Rosie. Hi. Hello, ladies. Rosie, thank you so much for coming on and speaking to us today. Now, I approached you because I see the name of your Instagram account is... PDA Girls. PDA Girls. So yeah. I asked you a little bit about that. <clears throat> and yeah, so tell us why PDA girls basically? So my daughter and I both identify as PDA autistic and I actually used to be PDA panda mama but I, I, I've been learning in arriving into the autistic community just a few years ago about various different ways that people use language to express themselves and um, 
felt that I didn't want to identify as a, an autism mum or a PDA mum because I realised that's got some sort of negative negative connotations in the community and uh, I'm still learning I'm new on the scene here so um, I, I went with PDA girls because also my daughter has started wanting to express herself on there and uh, just recently she's been giving me her animation videos to put up on there page so it feels right and good that it's representing both of us yeah so Rosie you say that you and your daughter identify as uh, autistic PDA um so does that mean there's a diagnosis there or there isn't yeah my daughter's diagnosed by help for psychology up in Norfolk and on that same day I um, had a diagnostic opinion that I was PDA autistic so I didn't go the full assessment but I needed some sort of professional validation um, mm. I think for my for my own yeah. sake and what does that look like Rosie what would you how would you describe PDA being a a bit of a rebel fiercely needing to be autonomous be a free spirit having an energy for in my daughter having an energy of no to anything coming in from the outside world like she she needs to move herself through her day and through relationships like leading the way and for me my presentation is a little bit different so um, I've gone my whole life without knowing I was PDA autistic and so I have been busy moulding myself to my environment and I've realised now in understanding more about interoception and the nervous system that actually I've been in the fawn response most of my life so I've been the kind of good girl the compliant child and um, hiding all of that kind of anger at being uncomfortable in my surroundings and turned it inwards so actually for me being undiagnosed in my life it meant that I ended up having all of these really unhealthy coping strategies to mask my innate nature so for me my recovery has involved recovery through the 12-step rooms for various different addictions um, and actually they've given me the tools I need to thrive as a healthy PDA autistic adult and these spiritual principles inform how I relate to and raise my daughter so that hopefully she will thrive too. Wow, that sounds really inspiring, Rosie. So when you say about the 12 rooms uh, with addiction, is that something you've took on or a programme you was doing and then you've kind of adapted that through your life? So in its rooms modelled on Alcoholics Anonymous, I don't identify as an alcoholic. I have other bells and whistles that go on for me, um, mainly an eating disorder. Um, in there, I learnt, I, I found like, I, I felt like I'd always been looking for uh, an instruction manual for life. I felt like I didn't get taught what I needed to know about at school. And, and I think I found eventually this kind of guidelines on how to be in the world, how to show up and how to be, how to manage relationships. I found those guidelines in these, in these rooms. And so what I've extracted from it is a set of spiritual principles that I've taken to speaking about within the community and really, really relevant to being a PDA mum, because when I was on my knees attempting to make my girl fit into society and push it was like pushing a rock up a hill I fought so long because I'm innately a control freak and a perfectionist I think that's my PDA autistic nature I want everything done a certain way and I like to be in control those practices just weren't working with my daughter and it broke her and me in the process so for me then letting go of everything I thought I knew and um, staying open-minded about what needed to come in was the way through what what 
was a breakdown for us in our family as we were arriving at this PDA identification. And that's kind of lit the way forward for us to to be ready and willing to completely turn our lives upside down and do things quite differently. And looking at your younger self, if you could have could go back in time and get that diagnosis, do you feel like it would massively have helped you? Yeah, um, it would save me several years of um, guilt and shame and low self-esteem because through my 20s and 30s, I had all manner of kind of, um, for me, it was an obsession with um, perfect physical health at the time. I had all these various different professionals helping me and, and along the way I trained as a psychotherapist as well. And I used to get feedback that I was being too, I was too, um, I was analysing too much. I was told I was too this, too that, not enough this. And everybody was trying to measure me by the standards of being a neurotypical person rather than seeing me as the autistic woman that I was. So actually I wasn't too this or too, too little that. I was just perfectly being, you know, an autistic expression of self but without the right tools to be able to live well. So living without knowing that I was autistic meant that I had low self-esteem, poor confidence, and um, I was running on empty a lot. Yeah. yeah. And do you and your daughter clash or are you very similar in the way that you, you um, present with the PDA? She is a little bit more of a vampire, a self, self-confessed vampire. She prefers to be nocturnal is quite anti-people and I am very much uh, I'd like to be at a forest school with her uh, in the trees being with others and so I don't know whether that's to do with our PDA expressions or whether that's our personalities but we are often at odds and we have to do this dance to try and meet in the middle Um, and just recently I've had to surrender to what I think is the onset of a delayed sleep phase thing going on with her I don't know whether you've come across that in the community but um she is at her brightest bubbliest self at 4 20 this morning she was ready to go to bed um and so I'm having to see if I can find that willingness to surrender again those spiritual principles come in to adjust what I how I think life should be done you know from that control freak and perfectionist sort of position which is my natural state I think I have to work hard to call on open-mindedness to meet her where she is so that we can have a little bit of harmony in our day easier said than done sometimes with the delayed delayed sleep was she saying what is that I am not the best person to speak to about it because um, I've just done a little bit of a google search and found that it is something that's quite common in the community um but most people live by a 24-hour clock and can settle their kind of sleep into that relatively well and there are many in the autistic community that um, don't live to a 24-hour clock it's like a 27-hour clock so what you see is those bedtimes get later and later and the waking up times get later and they kind of rotate through through the day so I don't know whether we're going to end up with a, a bedtime of six o'clock in the morning at some point if I let it continue its natural expression, expression. But for me, I think I'm going to have a boundary somewhere where I'm not going to be able to follow her. And I don't don't see us having uh, being complete ships in the night. So I've got my boundaries and I'm going to have to to work against her nature, I think, at some point. 
Right. So what does your daughter, how old is your daughter, if you don't mind me asking? She's come up 12 in the summer, in July. Okay. So have you spoke to her about yourself and that you are autistic yourself and that, you know, that you have PDA too? Have you, have you spoke to her about that? Is she, is she aware? Yeah, it's part of our normal language, part of our vernacular. Um, less so the PDA, um, uh, more just um, being autistic. So um, we talk about, um, we use the analogy of um, lots of people run on um, windows and we run on Mac. So sometimes the, the, the conversations are difficult from one type of computer to another. And it's like that, that as autistic people and neurotypicals. PDA does get talked about in terms of if she's just an automatic no, I have to explain that I need to get a little bit creative to work with her and and also there's lots and lots of accommodations, lots and lots of ad- adapting how we need to move through our day all the time to make sure that we don't trigger her into her fight, flight or freeze. With your family and friends, do they understand what PDA is, what autism is and how do you manoeuvre with everybody? Uh, it's a bit of a sad story on that front from our family. I believe that my, well, my husband was identifying as PDA, but only really to me. He didn't receive a diagnosis or a, an opinion. But from my lived experience with him, uh, there was always that energy of an automatic reflex of no. I believe that was something that was followed through in his family, Um I was widowed a couple of years ago and and the family had always scapegoated me as being the problem the reason why things were going so difficult were so difficult for my daughter so they have um walked away from the family I don't mind speaking about that openly um I think it can be a very difficult thing to get your head around when you see a family in breakdown and to to attempt then to communicate what's actually going on when you don't know yourself out to wider family members can be the last thing that you've got spoons left for. Mm. Um, and I was ready to start communicating that. And I do feel passionately about helping others understand. Um, but also to just acknowledge that it's a really difficult thing to get your head around if you haven't got the lived experience. Um, yeah. I'm lucky that my side of the family are standing by us and accepting that that we've had to make these various changes that we've moved from mainstream education to being an unschooling family and that they have to accept that my daughter doesn't like doing peopley things so she doesn't come out to see them when we when they visit but there's a general baseline of acceptance there for which I'm I'm grateful oh well thank you so much for sharing that with with us and we're very sorry for your loss um um, we're just happy to hear that you have got some some form of support um there Uh, but thank you so much for opening up to us about that yeah thank you Rosie and it seems that you and your daughter are just such a solid team and you know the way that you two both obviously must interact and you've got your shared experiences there it's just a fascinating fascinating story and and a true bond between you both can we find you if people would like to go and follow you on Instagram um yes head to PDA girls on Instagram and you'll find us there thank you Rosie truly inspiring thanks so much for coming and speaking to us so that was rosie with pda girls and again pda being very insightful and it's interesting because obviously rosie um 
she said she didn't go the full way to getting the actual diagnosis when it comes to the PDA, but she did. I think she said it was a medical opinion that she got. Yeah, it's good that, you know, we spoke about, you know, I think a lot of adults sometimes when they've been diagnosed, they don't want to go through the whole diagnosis process you know, in adulthood, but they do want some kind of medical opinion to find out what it is they've been going through their whole lives. Um, because obviously these processes can be very, very long. Can they mean can't they mean yeah, and also with PDA, we know, Crystal, that it's not, from what we've learned on the podcast so far, is that PDA is really hard, not really hard to diagnose, but it's not diagnosed, is it? It's not no. known enough through the different counties and mm. some counties don't diagnose it and I was talking to the Senko at my school and she said actually PDA before was called something called ODD okay that oppositional defiance disorder or something like okay. that um which I found really interesting she was telling me about when she first started teaching that's how it was described mm. and it's kind of along the same lines of as PDA yeah um which was yeah which was really interesting which I might go and research actually yeah you do that research and then come and share it with me after um but on the subject of long um applications and processes next week we're going to be going through DLA form which oh because for... I don't want to go for it all <laughs> which is the disability living and allowance form now these forms can be so long, they can be so off-putting that Misha and I are going to go through the form with you. We're going to do it together. We're going to do this together. We're all in this together. What's that oh, from? You need to be on X Factor. High School Musical. Oh, Christelle, this will make you laugh, right? So mm. this week, guess what I've been doing when I've been teaching? Huh? I've been teaching singing. Oh. Oh, please record it. You won't want to. Like, we've had to do it outside <laughs> because of the uh, COVID regulations. Mm. So we have to be in the outside to do it for the um, for the school production. So we have to be outside to do the, to the performance practices. So I'm not joking. All of the birds flew from all of the trees when I started singing. <laughs> <laughs> there are no more birds left in the countryside because they've made me do the singing this week. <laughs> you know what? I did notice a whole herd of birds migrating to, to east london <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure it wasn't your singing that sure. might be I'm what it is sure. there might be they might be flocking to east london because they like the accent but you've got a lovely like croaky voice you know i i like i channel east london essex vibes with the accent i've been told this is a very hip and trendy mm -hmm. trendy accent that's what somebody told me yeah, in is. this very posh area i live in that this is a very hip and trendy trendy accent <laughs> to have and yeah. i will have that tattooed put that on my gravestone had a trendy accent hashtag goals yes yeah my gravestone yeah thanks crystal yeah just agree you're supposed to say no no me let's not talk about your <laughs> your untimely death crystal this is it for another week i am off to be rained on in Ireland for the whole of the week. I really thought you were going to say something else, but okay, yeah, lovely. What did you think I was going to say? Nothing. Yeah, is it unrepeatable? Well, we're going to be here enjoying the lovely sunny May weather. Christelle, I really hope when you are sitting here sunny in it in England, and I'm in the north of Ireland mm. with hammering rain mm. at minus thirteen degrees. Yeah. I hope a wasp lands on your ice cream and your oh, whole day's ready. 
<laughs> God forbid bad things. I don't want to see any pictures of you going and having the time of your life. We're going to have a great time, Ish. And you will have a great time over there in the rain. I will. No matter what, rain nor shine, we'll have an amazing time. It's been over <laughs> 18 months since my husband <laughs> has seen his mum and dad. So oh. do you know what I mean? This is going to be, it's going to be good. It's going to be it's normality. It is, and the kids haven't seen their, you know, their nan and granddad for nearly two years Jeez, now. Yeah. That's a massive, yeah. massive gap in their lives. And I know uh, people say, oh, we can do WhatsApp. Well, I don't know about no, you. No, it's not the same. My WhatsApp video calls, isn't it? My kids that act, act like absolute eejits on a WhatsApp video call. <laughs> I don't know what it's about, right? See, when my kids go on a FaceTime call, they just act like, I don't know They just what. disengage, don't they? Just like... Start yeah, like yeah. poking their tongues out or showing their bums or something. It's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's not the same as being face to face. So like I'm really happy for you guys. I'm so happy and I hope you do have a lot of fun, you know. Thanks, Christelle. We're going to tell you all about it next week when we're discussing DLA. No, Christelle, that is it for another week. I'm going to get off and get packing. But I wish you a wonderful week. And we'll be back next week, everybody, to talk DLA forms. Ah, Don't cry. We're not crying. We're going to get through this together. Yes, another one bites the dust.